Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. All God's kids need attention, affirmation, and affection. You need that. I need that in my life. But I also need boundaries and loving discipline. Okay, you can go this far, you can't go any farther. The Ten Commandments are boundaries. God says, here's the way you do life. I need to know from his perspective how I do it. So it is not negative. It is very positive. That's the way God takes care of the rebellious spirit that you and I, and of course, since our kids are raised with us, have the kind of thing... If you've ever been to a mall or a shopping center, you've probably seen a child who is out of control. Maybe you were relieved that it wasn't your child this time, (laughs) drawing attention to themselves, but it was still painful to watch. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that God's kids can behave in a similar manner that it's equally hard to watch. You'll hear about the importance of understanding the balance between affection and discipline, and how discipline is actually an aspect of love. You'll hear about growing up spiritually, too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 with today's edition of Lessons for Living. Remember, this whole series is about people and problems and practical solutions that God gives us. Let me ask you a question. What do these have in common? A Zumba class, a cooking class, a dancing class, and a painting class. What do they have in common? A lot of good stuff. Why the class? Because if you want to learn the Zumba, you've got to have a Zumba to teach you how to Zumba, right? If you have to learn to paint, you have to have somebody who knows how to paint. And so all of these are simply classes where there's going to be someone that's a role model, someone that knows what they're doing in that which you're trying to learn. For many of us that were in the medical field, part of our myself was a six-month internship. Before I could go to work, I had to work alongside someone who knew what they were doing. So as you begin to think about this, the Bible very often speaks about the topic that Paul addresses, a role model, somebody in the life of another person to help you accomplish what God wants in your life. The first thing you can write, the bottom line to Christianity, really the goal is simple. It's to become not just a Christ follower, but a mature Christ follower. Now, I use that term. You could also use the term disciple because it fits. But Paul talks a lot 
in this church that this goal has not been reached because they're immature. They think of themselves. They're baby Christians. They don't seem to grow. And so Paul has been having a challenge because he spent a long time there in bringing them out and making them understand what that's all about. Now, keep your finger right at 1 Corinthians 4. I want you to turn to one verse, Philippians chapter 3. And I want you to see when Paul writes this, we see this a lot in his writings. In Philippians chapter 3, go down to verse 17. And Paul says this, join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. So my example in the original language really means this, those that imitate me. That's the role model. Now, our our problem today in our world is not too much different than there because understand the world lives different than we do. And so are there any real godly role models today that we can imitate? Now, in this whole process of Syria and so forth, what are people concerned with the promise from President Putin? Anybody concerned with anything? The comment you hear over and over and over on TV is from the Congress, we don't trust him. Now, what about a Christian? Should that be said about a Christian? No, Jesus already said it. Let our yes be yes and our no, no. So there are role models in the church, as there always have been. But our real role model, you know who it is. Here it is. Paul kinds of says it like this. He sets it out for it. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul could never say, watch me, I do everything perfectly. No, he says, you can follow me as you watch me following my example. So our ultimate and final role model is always Jesus. But why did Paul make that statement? Because he knew that you and I needed human role models to become those fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, this part of Scripture has great application, and I want to take it in two ways. The first part of the application, of course, is for all Christians, really, but it really will lend itself to spiritual leadership, pastors, elders, teachers that are over lots of individuals and have influence. But these principles also apply to another set of spiritual leaders, and that's parents. And may I add, grandparents. More and more of our world, especially even in the United States now, the grandparent is making a huge influence on our children. That's just the world we have. So as we begin going through this, I'm going to speak to pastors and elders and those of you that are spiritual people and leading small groups and community groups and all that. But I'm also going to speak numerous times to parents, single parents, as well as grandparents. So let's begin and delve in and watch what happens. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. Now watch what Paul says. This is very important for you. I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you, As my dear 
children. Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. The Corinthian believers, they were prideful. They thought they had it all together. Paul kind of spent a lot of time in irony writing to them, and he was warning them that their spiritual pride would absolutely be their downfall. So notice he's changed. He'll he'll go back to this. He's changed from an apostle, and now he's going to change to a spiritual father. So it's more of an enduring term. Now, why could Paul do this? Because most of the people he's talking to came to Christ under him. So he was the connection. And we watch Paul and all the kind of things he did. He is a great role model because he suffered for the gospel. And one of the things that we see today, in fact, there's a new book about why the world doesn't trust Christians. And one of the things in there is that the church is always after people's money which is not true here, as you well know. How did Paul solve that as a role model? What did Paul do? Very often, in fact, I'm teaching at a church planters meeting on Friday. In the Southeast, we kind of have different people coming, Calvary Chapel church planters. And I'm going to do Acts chapter 18. What do we see from Acts chapter 18? Paul started, he moved into Corinth. And what's the first thing Paul did when he moved into Corinth? He asked for people to take an offering so he could live there. No, he did not. What's the first thing he did? He went to work, and he worked all during the day, and he taught at night. See, he was an example. So those people that would say, oh, Paul, you're writing to us because you're after our money. Paul would say, really? I didn't take your money. I worked. A role model. And so all of those aspects, when he went through difficulties, he didn't go like, well, I'm going to give up because it's pretty hard here. No, he just said, here's what I went through, and God helped me get through it. So that's why Paul Paul has changed the way he writes, and you'll see as you go through, and I think it's very encouraging to us. He has a heart for the church. He has a heart for the individuals. He's concerned for every single one of them in the church. They're kind of like spiritual children to him. And so as we begin to see this, what is the goal that Paul's trying to do? As a parent... This is kind of your goal as well. For all of us that are leaders, this is the pastor's goal. I've had this written in my Bible for a long time. Colossians 1, 28 and 29. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone, no special people, with all wisdom, the wisdom that would come from God, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. And notice, we talked about him working as a tent maker But he also worked hard in the ministry. Look at this. To this end, I labor. Struggling with all, here's the key, look at it. Whose energy? God's energy. Struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. You see, Paul knew that God had given him and given pastor teachers, the ministry gifts, so people would grow like him. And he was trying to challenge them. Look, God gave me this energy. He's given me the wisdom. It's not my wisdom I'm giving you. It's God's wisdom. Now, I'm your father. I'm going to ask you kindly 
the end, end verse or two, he's going to actually revert back to, if you don't listen to me, we may have to go out to the shed. <laughs> Any ever been, ever been to the shed? Today, nobody knows what the shed is, but we, we've all been there before. You know, a little hairbrush, a little whatever, even an old belt. How many member the belt? Any of you? Oh, yes. <clears throat> we used to have tattoos that we didn't know were tattoos <laughs> from the belt, right? So Paul is trying to say to them, I care for you. I'm your spiritual father. Now, what about parents? If Paul says pastors and teachers... Elders, here's your responsibility. Make sure they mature in the Lord. What about a parent? What about a grandparent? Does the Bible speak about your responsibility in the home? Yes, it does. I want you to just keep your finger there. Let's go turn back to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Get down to verse 4 and watch what Moses says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is familiar to you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today. Now, remember, he's writing this to parents. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts, not just your head, your hearts. You then impress them on your children. Well, how do we do that? Well, you do it through teaching. And you do it through modeling. Watch this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Now, what does verse 7 say? That the Christian life is not an event that's celebrated in a church service, but it's a lifestyle that's lived where? Everywhere we go. We should be the same here as anywhere. Paul later will basically say this. You know who I am. I'm the same everywhere. And so life is not lived in a church building. It wasn't lived just when they went to celebrate at one of the feasts. It was to be everywhere because they were trying to say to the world, we have one God and it affects us everywhere. Now look at verse 8. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What was Moses getting from God? Parents, grandparents, write it down. Here it is. God designed parents slash grandparents to be the first and most important role model. Now, I love Awana. I love our school. I love all the different things we do for the kids. But many of these things, we have to be the first because a parent doesn't understand this. We have lots of children, and it's wonderful. Neighbors bring them, you bring them, all kind of people. And the parent doesn't understand it quite yet. And so what? We take that role over. But ultimately, before there was a church, before there was a church, before there was a government, before there was a school, there was a family. And that's why this is there. Now, understand, as you're doing that, you don't only do it by word, you should. Let's go through the lesson. What'd you learn from Awana tonight? What did happen? I'm sure you're part of that, memorizing the verses and all that stuff. That's awesome. Good job. But it's not just that. It's the example as you're living. And I'll talk more about that later. Now, let's go back to verse 14. He says, I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you. So Paul is really trying to say, I love you and I'm warning you. 
I love you, so I'm warning you. Many times today, as we get into discipline here, people will say, well, if you love me, then don't warn me. Don't talk bad to me. Don't tell me things that are not right. No, love warns. Love confronts. We'll see that. Now, but notice what he's really going to do. He's writing not only to warn them, not only to correct them, but you're going to see as he goes through, here's a big thing. He's writing to encourage them. So leader, spiritual leader with the big S up there, here's what I mean. Parent, grandparent, home group leader, community group leader, small group leader, elder pastor, you be an encourager. In our liberal society, is there really a place where we can be an encourager and at the same time, discipline? Yes, absolutely. Understand this next principle that you may worry. Godly discipline is necessary, but it must be done in love. You and I have all learned this as parents. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure of this statement. If you've been a parent, especially if you had more than one child, you at one point disciplined that child in anger. And you realized it wasn't right. You don't have to raise your hands. We're all guilty. And why did I do that? Because I, I lost control. The, the love part wasn't there. The patience wasn't there. The self-control wasn't there. So Ephesians 4 says, speaking the truth in love. Now, watch what Paul writes. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. He always looked at his churches those that he really poured his life into started as, again, spiritual children. That addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Have you forgotten what? What is Paul saying? Have you forgotten the word of encouragement? What he's trying to say is God is not an absent father. And so when God needs to discipline us, God always does it in love. How I respond to that is how his next steps are. We understand that. Now, when you hear the word discipline today, most of us kind of think negative. We go back to the belt and the hairbrush or whatever. But the biblical understanding of discipline is really overall positive. It's good for us. And you may want to write kind of this definition. It includes, when you talk about discipline in the Bible, it means to teach. It means to instruct. It means to correct. And yes, there is some punishment. I mean, when I was raised, I never heard this term, time out. Now, how many of you parents use time out? Let me see, grandparents, how many? Good. Okay. How many husbands use that with your wife? Yeah, yeah. You need counseling. Pastor Day is available after the service. All right. We never called a time out. What did they do? Just go to your room, close the door. You got no supper. I didn't know that was time out, but that's what happened. By the way, we give our dog time out. How about you guys? Yeah, sometimes they just need it. So the Bible is pictured as what? A God that's our heavenly father. See, that's very different than our world. Our natural tendency, my natural tendency, and yours as well, is rebellion. 
So God has to deal with that. You don't need to write this down, but I think it's important for you to see the balance. In God's word, we find this balance that he gives us. All of God's kids. And by the way, this is in church. This is for elders and pastors. Sometimes we have to correct people. Of course, sometimes we have to be corrected. We're all teachable. And this is for parents, and this is for grandparents. All God's kids need attention, affirmation, and affection. You need that. I need that in my life. But I also need boundaries and loving discipline. Okay, you can go this far. You can't go any farther. The Ten Commandments are boundaries. God says, here's the way you do life. I need to know from his perspective how I do it. So it is not negative. It is very positive. That's the way God takes care of the rebellious spirit that you and I, and of course, since our kids are raised with us, have the kind of thing. So when I'm doing that in a counseling session at the church, or when you're doing it in a time with your children, you have to talk, you have to know, God, when do I say something? When do I listen? When am I to be tender? When do I have to draw the red line. We just heard about the red line for the last, what, 10 weeks here. I drew a red line. You know what drawing a line is. No, that's as far as that'll go there. That won't happen again. And so I need God's wisdom. Why do I need that? Because every single child is what? Different. Any of you have two children that are identical twins, and yet they're both very different. By the way, every person in this building is different. So how we deal with people It just depends how that works. And so we need God's wisdom. Of course, that's where the Bible says in Proverbs, trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Oh, I've been doing this. This is the 14th kid. I got it down. All of a sudden, whoops, didn't work with that one. Well, how can that be? Well, you have to figure out, God, I need wisdom. Seek his will in all you do. He will show you. I love verse 7 in Proverbs 3. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. One child can ruin your wisdom. I got it all figured out. One church member can stumble us and go, how are we going to deal with that one? So I need to depend on God. Now, bold requests were part of Paul's life. He liked to just state it. He was kind of a bottom line guy. He just states it. And I want you to see two things that he states tonight. And this more and more is for the spiritual. Take a look at Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate, and this is a challenge for me, and it is for all pastors and elders, their faith. See, a leader has to be a person of faith. So I'm to remember and respect and appreciate the leaders. Remember simply means to be mindful. And then I'm to imitate those very same leaders. I must be a person of faith. The writer encourages those people to follow through. God needs to be in my life. I need to be in the Word, because if I'm in the Word, then I'm a person of faith, and I can lead you. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught about the importance of having teachers. You were reminded that if you're going to learn to do something well, you need to have a good teacher. You heard about the Apostle Paul's efforts to teach the Corinthian believers. Pastor Mark also talked about Paul and his protege, Timothy. Now Paul offered himself as an example to Timothy. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue with teaching number four of his series, People, Problems, and Practical Helps. You'll hear more about how a pastor presents himself as an example and his need to be transparent and honest. You'll learn how the Apostle Paul did whatever he could to help Timothy to become the best Christian and pastor he could be. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, People, Problems, and Practical Helps. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a herd